Do you fear the cost? In this installment of The Grind of Find, I'll explore the fear many have of letting go in order to let Yah, how to prepare mentally and spiritually for the losses, how to create excitement about the gains, and much more. It's time to reframe the cost when Season 3 of The Grind of Find starts right now. family greetings and welcome to the grind to find Carolyn Michelle here, certified spiritual mindset coach and professional ghostwriter. You know what? Season three is upon us. And if you were listening last season, then you know that there's a little bit different that's going to be going on with the grind to find. And uh, before we get into the topic, the cost today, I got to tell you what's new. Mm -hmm, Yes, I do. So for those of you where this is the first time you're listening to the grind to find, thank you so much for showing up at season three. Hey, you can always get caught up and go back and catch some of the episodes. I have to let you guys know. I have to let you know. For those of you who don't know that the grind fine is now in the top 5% of podcasts globally. Yeah. (laughs) I have to thank each and every one of you out there for listening and not only listening, but continuing to tune in to make the grind define a part of what you do, your flow and your rotation, and also telling other people about the show. I love nothing more than to have my regulars here as well as new people and God willing, more will be coming. But listen, I don't want to waste a lot of time uh, telling you about a lot of different stuff. So I'm only going to talk about what's most important before we get into the topic today. And that is a new direction that I'm taking for the grind to find. Now, you're probably wondering, Carolyn, mm, girl, how did this happen? Well, okay. What happened was, and you know there's a story <laughs> when it begins with what had happened. But listen, for those of you who know a little bit about me, you know, as I mentioned in the intro, I'm a certified spiritual mindset coach. I'm a professional ghost writer, which I've mentioned before, but it hasn't been something that was at the forefront of what I discussed on The Grind to Find. But behind the scenes, I have a couple of different, different publishing companies that I work with, authors that I work with in terms of supporting them to get their stories told. So I'm running my business, terrellamichelle.com, doing some of the other things that I'm doing in terms of freelance work. And I start to attract more prospective authors who were referrals to me, who have heard about a process that I put into place to help prospective authors define the scope of their work, become clear. And when I say clear people, I'm not talking about some of the different uh, programs out there, which are phenomenal. This is not a shot to anything that's different than what I'm doing. There are lots of uh, programs where you can finish your book in 30 days, 60 days, 90 days. And for some people being in a group setting and going about their project in that way, that works for them. They're able to get whatever information is there, practically apply it and get that book done within that designated amount of time. However, with many of the authors that I've worked with, it's not that the information wasn't good information. It was just that there was so many other aspects of things going on in their mind, things going on in their life that made it as to where even with that information, they still had trouble defining the scope for their book, understanding what information within their life was pertinent for the book that they were writing 
and then being able to keep that scope defined, refined, and narrow enough to get that book written from intro to conclusion. And so my area of gifting happens to be in the realm of ghostwriting, curating blueprints, maps, if you will, so that when you work with me, I'm talking from intro to conclusion, one and done. You can see it. I don't care if it's 10 chapters, 15 chapters, 20 chapters, it doesn't matter. You literally have something to follow. And so because I was inundated with these requests and this work, and I absolutely love to do it. I'm an author in my own right. If you don't know that about me, I have a solo project as well as an anthology that was a national, uh, is a national bestseller. The Life I Love is the national bestseller and the ultimate release is my solo project. I love writing. I'm a spoken word artist. This is something I've been doing for years and years and years. So having these different requests and coming up with something that gets this work done to specificity, to speak specifically to the gifting of the author. It's something that I love. And so I said, you know what? I think this needs to be the focal point of what I'm doing on the grind to find. And the reason being is because if you listen to the show, you know that I lead conversations and teachings that have to do with different areas of our being in which we have struggle. And I offer some spiritual context to be able to navigate those things. Well, those same things are some of the things that keep these completely and totally gifted people who are meant to be of service. They have these stories that are meant to be heard. It keeps them bottled up in the space of procrastination and they get stuck and cannot move forward. So I said, well, hey, why not? <laughs> why not make this content specific to this particular area that's a pain point for a lot of folks out there because we don't have to be stuck in the container that a lot of times different experiences can put us in, uh, some of the, the, the mindsets can put us in, some life experiences that we are challenged with moving around. And so I wanted to present the content in such a way where we're dealing with some of these different things. So you're not only continuing to get that knowledge and to get that food for your soul within the Grind to Find episodes, but now for perspective authors, as well as anyone else listening, creatives, if you're doing content creation or whatever your shtick may be when it comes to you wanting to get out there what you have to offer. Now you have this information on the podcast that you can get and practically apply to that as well as access to me if you want that curated blueprint for yourself. So there you have it. <laughs> That's the direction that the grind to find will be going in moving forward. But rest assured, it does not change the whole silky smooth vibe of what I do here, as well as uh, many of the elements that you've listened to previously on the episode. They're still going to be there. I'm adding in some new things. When I do have a guest, you're definitely going to want to go to thegrindtofind.com and you're going to want to follow me because every Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, God willing, there are fresh episodes of the show and interviews are now going to go live fresh interviews every Tuesday so you're going to want to be subscribed so you can get the uh, teachings that are led by me on Fridays as well as the interviews that will go live every Tuesday and you know I'll sprinkle some other things in between as well all right so I just wanted to start off letting you know what's new Thanking you so much for tuning into the show. New folks, yay. My regular family members that have been here, welcome back. Um, there's some tea over there on the table. It's spiked. 
So if you have limitations, you might want to walk past it <laughs> anyway. But that is enough of that. I want to glide into the content today where I'm talking about the cost. So when we get into this conversation about exploring the different costs that we have within our life that we kind of want to get around. You know, I, I know I've spent some time in my life, I used to always say I wanted to mitigate the damage. That's why I would dot every I and cross every T. While I, while I felt more comfortable having my hand in certain situations, and I, I did not know how to let go of those things. And then that can bring about a cycle of procrastination because I believe that procrastination is a derivative of insecurity and overwhelm and when there are too many things piled on top of a bunch of different things things that you need to do that you cannot make sense of that's what'll make us put that off to the side and come back later you know and whether we're talking about completing your manuscript or um, something that you want to do around the house for the season. It does not matter. If we're procrastinating and putting things off, some of us would just say, well, I'm just a procrastinator. No, 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 no. Procrastination is not something that just up and happens for no apparent reason. These things happen because there's a lack of clarity and um, there's not a way that we see to be able to execute something that we want. The thought of trying to get the outcome that we want to get is not something that we feel like is doable at the time. So we'll put it off. It's not easy. May require connecting to some things that maybe you don't even know how to iron out just yet. So as opposed to mitigating costs associated with this mindset that we have or certain behaviors that we'll do that keep us disconnected from serving those that we were called to serve, be it getting that manuscript completed and getting that book out there or things around the house or different things that we want to do um, in terms of our, our life. Whatever your end game is, there's a process that you'd have to go through to get there. When we're in this space of thinking about just mitigating damage, as opposed to facing the fact that there could be some fear associated with letting go of some behaviors or mindsets that block us from being where we want to be, block us from even being able to put together a process to get to where we want to be. So I have a friend of mine, D.P. Knuton. I talked about him on a previous show. Actually, I interviewed him. He has a great book that's called Nonfiction Brand. And D.P. in his book talked about being one of one. And I love when I heard him say that. It's so many amazing things within that book. Um, but when he talked about being one of one, I love that because it describes exactly who we are to Yah. Each and every one of us are one of one. And so when we spend time fearful calculating the cost and allowing ourselves to be disconnected from our gifting, then we could be the very thing that's standing in between us making the connection that would take us from being passive procrastinators or just people with the, uh, my mother used to call it discombobbled mind, it can take us from being passive procrastinators to actually getting what we need to get done. And in order to move beyond what's weighing us down and making us be repetitive, anytime you're you're a, a habitual procrastinator, that is a repetitive action that you're taking. There's a mindset that goes into you coming to the conclusion that you're going to choose to unplug, which is being a procrastinator, as opposed to finding a way to execute Instead of us operating in those spaces, we can choose to take a different approach. 
that could help us to replace those bad habits, filter out those malformed mindsets, and for once, get rid of the stumbling blocks that have been in our way for all of this time. So how would you know then if you have a fear of letting go and that fear of letting go could have you clenched and holding on trying to mitigate the damage of what letting go could cost you. Here are some things that might let you know. Maybe you got a fear of letting go because of what it could cost. Number one, are you one who anticipates losses instead of welcoming and focusing on what it's going to be like when you receive a gain? Do you focus more on the losses instead of the gains? Hmm. That's one to think about. The next one is Do you seek freedom while you're subconsciously holding on to what's familiar? Are you one that's looking for a space of familiarity all the time? And this one is really dangerous because if we accept that each and every individual is one of one, love that DP said that. If we accept that each individual is one of one, then that means that there's going to be some uncharted territory that each and every one of us are going to embark on that is not going to look like anything that we've seen. Yes, there are some basic things like with me being an entrepreneur and a business owner and all this kind of stuff. There are some things that come with that thing, you know, being an entrepreneur and having your own businesses. Some things are going to look the same just some of the fundamentals. But when you get down to the specifics of how Tarolyn does her thing, because I'm one of one, there are some aspects of what I do that does not look like anything else that I've seen. And that's in what I know. There are still things that God is revealing to me, that Yah is revealing to me, that does not look like what I've seen. So what if I was one who was fixated on holding on to what I've seen before or what I've heard about before? Same thing with you. Are you stuck in wanting what you do to look like something that you've seen before? So maybe you know you're doing it right or moving in the right direction. Man, eh, maybe we'll come back to that. Another one is needing to have a hand in what happens to calm anxiety or to give you some space of, of comfort, aka control. Now y'all know. Mm-hmm. Yes. Each and every one of us, I believe, at some point in time in our life, even if control isn't a major issue for you, we all kind of want to feel like we know what to expect. And if we're calling certain shots and aligning certain things, mitigating our own damage, then there is a sense of it's less likely maybe that something could go wrong because I had a hand in it. Nah, we all know control is an illusion, doesn't exactly work that way, but still, It kind of feels good to know that I got something to do with that. Well, to that, I want to share with you this quote, all right? And uh, it goes a little something like this. Our spiritual ear will never be sensitive to his voice if we have a personal agenda to which we are already committed. Yah leads and speaks to humble who have surrendered their plans and want to do his will with an open heaven and a surrendered will we will be able to clearly hear Yah's voice in our hearts. That quote is by Jim Simbala, and I love that because how many of us are in this life with our own agendas? And listen, we all have her. We all have our agendas. Many of us uh, don't have agendas where we're leading 
with Yah at the forefront because it's, it's not like it's ordained by him. We'll kind of start going and then just pray that what we have going, we want it to go the way we want it to go. But many of us start off with our agendas. And I'm going to say up against the way Yah sees us, our agendas are so doggone small, man. Ooh, we do not know how to see ourselves as big as he does. So we start off with these agendas. And then after we get going, like I stated above, or did I state that yet? Okay, maybe I didn't, but that's okay. I'm going to get there. But <laughs> we start off with our own way and then want to pray to him to get involved, not taking into account that if we're in the middle of something that he has not ordained and it's going to take us off his path for our journey in our life, he's not helping. No, no, it's not happening. You are going to be out there by yourself. That's the way that it's going to happen. And so to this conversation of the cost that something, the cost associated, I'm sorry, with, with something that we may want and the fear of letting go. So we hold on because even if we get to a space where we understand that there could be some cost, we don't know that we want to bear the brunt of that. We don't know if what, first of all, what the cost is going to be. And if we end up having to pay this cost, is it going to be something that's going to dismantle what it is that we have and where we're aiming to go? So I, I want I want you guys to think about a, a couple of questions here before we slide into the next part of this. So are you the head or tail in the situation? Meaning, are you always the one taking the lead and everything else is behind you? That's one question to consider. The next one is, do you lead? And yes, this is where I was going. Do you lead and then look or listen for direction after you begin? And how willing are we to take that direction if we've already become fixated on what we feel like the outcome should be? The next one is, do you struggle with silence from Yah when you're ready to move? It's like, okay, I didn't ask you. I'm waiting to get an answer and I'm going to need it by Wednesday at five o'clock because I had told them that I was coming down there. You know, you already have a whole situation <laughs> that you have going on, but you're going to ask, but then you're not going to be willing. Some of us are not willing to wait or even forego what we have going on if we don't get that answer when we feel like we should. And then the, the final question would be, how do you feel about stillness? And what I mean by that is, is what emotions come up for you if you're in a space where you're required to be still and you don't want to be? I mean, is there anxiety associated with that? Do you feel counterproductive? As though this is just a freaking, this is hustling backwards. Do you feel like it's a complete and total waste of time? Does stillness make you fearful? You know, is there something that kicks up in you that says, this is not all natural. This is not how I'm trying to live my life. So with that in mind, I want to talk about how to prepare mentally and spiritually for losses, impending losses. And, and I also want to talk a little bit about the, the label of something being a loss. I'm going to get into that too, because I think that's super important. Before I glide into that though, I want to drop something from you, uh, 
from you. I want to drop something for you <laughs> from the spoken spotlight. It's a spoken word piece and it's entitled The Cost. And then I'm gonna come right back and glide right into this next part of the conversation. Don't move a muscle. Spoken spotlight. I stood there at a loss for words, bearing witness to the slow destruction of the work that felt like it took a lifetime to construct. The beauty of my masterpiece plucked at my heart and warmed my loins. Standing in the center of this massive structure surrounded 360 degrees by the walls I built was once erotic. The hypnotic beauty of every intricate detail. I traced the lines and curves of this exotic design and was teleported back to the day of the launch, trying to ignore the staunch reality of the debris pelting the ground, peppering my locks, and coating everything all around me. I miscalculated my ability to keep standing, what I'd built. As I escaped the momentary glimpses into the guilt I felt for sidestepping Yah's plan, admittedly, I pushed his hand when I manifested my desire. Forcing my vision in front of his plan, leaving things in his hands meant waiting for his timing because I accept he, he is, is the, the boss. I never anticipated there would be a cost to pay, but as opportunity knocked, those doors I opened, pretending as though in my chest he'd never spoken those gentle words, cease and desist. And desist. I, I figured if I merged my moment with his while I wait on his timing, we, we could both win. win. I, I sought, sought counsel, counsel from circles of friends on the, the same journey, journey for words of confirmation, since we all work in his name. Yet, the, the shame is that rat race may have been his mission for them, but the call to halt was given to me. My, my mission, mission I, I never, never got, got the chance, chance to see due to impatiently moving to execute my plan by forcing his hand. So here I stand, glued in this space with debris as thick as a 9-11 coating my face, watching, watching the, the destruction of what I built and calculating the cost and the, and the loss, loss of not the structure, but my position in his mission within me in service to others. I stand in the mounting mess becoming soiled because I chose to be uncovered. Now regret hovers at the surface of my mind, blinding my ability to formulate what I must concoct for my repentance speech. I humbly beseech a reset, and at this point, I don't know if I can bet on a favorable reply. At least I have a newfound respect for the cost of choosing to turn a blind eye. Okay, so when we get into labels. Now, when I left you last, I said I wanted to talk a little bit about those labels and how to mentally and spiritually prepare for the air quotations. No, you can't see me, but just imagine some air quotations <laughs> for the losses. Now, I don't like to label things, period. Because, you know, our, our minds, it's nothing but a big computer. And we have to be really careful about the information that we give our mind because our mind is going to expand upon whatever we give it. So... Instead of things being losses, you know, what about lessons? It could be a loss or it could be a lesson. So I think that it's important that we're very careful and very specific about what we give our mind to chew on. I, I talk at some season one, I know, um, maybe an episode or two of season two, I talk about the negative reel. I talk about this a lot in my coaching practice. And that negative reel, if you can imagine back in the day, they had the reel to reels where you could do the movie around the, the, the big metal wheels and uh, you, you know you put it 
on the projector and imagine your mind as being that you have a reel on either side of your mind, the right and the left, and we're constantly giving our minds data to replay and to expand upon. And so if we're taking and putting all of these negative labels on experiences that we have in life, then we're more apt to take a loss and attach that to who we are, make that a part of our identity. But then another thing that I talk about too, there's two different facets to identity. There's our identity in this world physically, but then our God identity, right? And so being really careful and specific with how we label different events, it helps when we're looking to try and shape who we are, our identity about how we see ourselves, our value, even in how God sees us and how Yah sees us. So I definitely, you know, if you're one who uses those negative labels, which, you know, we've all become accustomed to doing because from the time that we've been in grade school, everything is win or loss, <laughs> you know, win or lose, you know, it, it's, one, it's, it's, it's been that forever, but it's up to us to decide uh, what words we're going to use that are going to fuel us as opposed to serving as famine in our lives. So lose the labels and uh, being more connected to who we are in Yah. And if you haven't done enough or spent enough time with Yah, with God, to be comfortable with what that is for you, then that's that's a part of the journey. So, so let me go ahead and, and put all this together. So when we're preparing mentally and spiritually for how to handle lessons, because we're no longer going to call those losses, we're not going to worry about cost because cost us looking at something as it costing us something or having to mitigate damage is putting it in a negative box which makes it as to where now there's a strike we could see it as a strike on who we are if we're not able to foresee turbulence we're not able to uh, for or maybe sometimes we do foresee that there's going to be a challenge some of us are gluttons for punishment we just <laughs> we like a challenge or we may see a challenge and, and underestimate our ability to get around it or beyond it at that given point in time in our life. Because, hey, some of the things that we encounter, if we lack life experience, if we lack wisdom in certain places, then sometimes it's just that we don't have the tools to deal with that thing yet. We just need to take a little more time uh, to be able to grow, to be able to have some experience, maybe to even be able to interconnect with some different people around us. Maybe we're in the process of forging community and we're moving into a situation to try and deal with it before we're ready. Sometimes us taking on those lessons is how we learn that there's more that we need to learn and that we're not ready. But anyway, let me get to this this list of some things that I want to mention. So I already talked about uh, switching up those labels and seeing areas where we fall short as lessons versus losses. And this brings to mind specifically a scripture. It's a Romans chapter 8, verse 18. And it says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be revealed to us. See, that's the thing. Any and everything that we feel as though we suffer or we labor in any type of way, hey, there is a method to God's badness. We cannot be refined and come out on the other side, the best version of ourselves on every level of life, unless we have these different things that we suffer. 
it's so important that we don't get lost in the moment and we're able to connect to the bigger picture because there's glory on the other side of that story. I also want to add to this discussion the importance of risk versus reward. Now, in order to embody what it means to be one of one, one of one in this world, that unique creation, it requires a willingness to bet on who Yah says we are, who Yah says you are always, and be comfortable with knowing who you think you are is only a third, if that, of your story as God ordains. And I think this is even true for folks who are completely and totally clear in who they are in God, what their mission is, who they're meant to serve, even those people who have opened themselves up and allowed themselves to be vessels that are used, who have gotten out of their own way. (laughs) How many of us have heard that saying before? For those of us who are in that space, we still are not capable of seeing ourselves as big as God does. I don't care how big we see ourselves. He sees us even more grandiose than that. And so then when we think about some of the risks that we feel like we're taking when we're not in that lead spot, when we're not the head, (laughs) we're the tail because God is the head, Yah is the head. When we think about how risky that may feel, that's why Romans chapter 8 verse 18 is so very important because on the other side of that, the reward that God has for each and every one of us is insurmountable. I mean, listen, (laughs) we don't have the capability to truly be able to grasp or, 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 or magnify with our menial little minds how much he loves us and how much he wants nothing but the best for us. So how then, how do you create excitement about the gains that are to come? How does one let go of their propensity to want to have that clenched fist, to hold on to the illusion of control? How does one check that type of behavior so that they could truly show up and check in, but but not just check in with God, It really takes practice to learn how to let go of all of the things in this world that we've been indoctrinated and conditioned to believe are of value and are of importance. it, It takes practice. It takes study. It takes discipline. It takes obedience to be able to get to a space where we allow ourselves to completely and totally let go and let God. So, Creating excitement about the gains, for me, begins when I test the theory. Sometimes the hardest thing to do, let go, requires you letting go so that you're able to experience the fallout of what you thought was important. You experience what you once labeled, would have labeled as a loss, but hopefully (laughs) through this episode, You would label it as a lesson and then watch how your life starts to regroup and recover. Experiencing gains makes it so that you're excited about repeating that event. But in order for us to be in a space where we're allowing spirit to lead what it is that we do, 
the first thing that we would have to do is be willing to let go of some of the physical constraints and not just, I don't mean physically just put our hands on, but even within our mindset, there are so many different ways in which we have formulated processes within our mind to keep us trapped within boundaries that keep us within a certain, keep us within certain realms that make us feel safe. Like I mentioned, that keep us in control, that helps us to feel as though we're blocking out things that could mean us harm. But uh, one of my sisters uh, in one of the devotional studies that I'm in regularly every week, boy, I thank God for that tribe. I tell you, I thank God for them. If any of them are, are listening, which they do, you you know who I'm talking about, girl, you know. But um, she mentioned whenever we're closed off and we have a tight grasp, nothing can get, um, nothing can get in, but nothing can get out. So if God's trying to get in, he can't. And you're not going to be able to get anything out that you need to eradicate from your temple. You know, we have a lot of junk that lives inside of us. How can we be filled with God when we have those spaces that are just clogged up with things that are impeding his ability to be able to fill us up? And so remaining open and people say trusting the process is so very important. And even when we talk within the context of prospective authors who are listening to this, you know, many authors come to me and they have their story in mind. They feel like they know exactly what they want to talk about. And it's because it's something that's emotional and that's meaningful to them. And yeah, there, there's there's testimonies a lot of the times, there's growth in, in different ways, but I always say, your book, the manuscript that we're putting together, who is this for? Are you writing this book for you? Or are you writing this book in service to others? And it always, the answer is always, you know what? Yeah, it, it is about me. It's something that I want to do, but I really want to impact people's lives by what I put on these pages. Well, if that's the case, then that means that you would have to be willing to let go of what you think this book should be about, what you think this manuscript is going to become, and allow yourself to be led and learn what's important to Yah and how he wants to use you to be able to impact others. It's opening themselves up and allowing a release, letting go of something in order to allow something else in. And whenever authors are in a space where that's what they do, when I tell you the magic that happens, let me tell you, one of the best things about what I do is having a front row seat to that moment when the individual has the courage to allow Yah to get in there and to lead. And, and many times, by the time they come to me, I have uh, authors who this is their, their first time um, in a process like this. This is their first time. Other ones who have been through, they, they come with partially completed manuscripts. They're all different stages from novice just beginning to maybe dipped in this before, maybe had a book before, but no matter where they come, if ever they're open to the possibility that the moment that you arrive to Terrellin now, if you've been someplace two years ago, that was two years ago now, when they allow themselves to be open, something beautiful always happens. So that's what I want to leave you with on this episode. 
I want you to be open to the possibility that there's so much more to what we think we already know. There's so much more to what we think we already see. We can always acquire more knowledge and wisdom. We can always expand the vantage point uh, from which we view things, our sight. I talk about, uh, it could have been season two, I think it was. I talk about the lens for life, how we all have a lens from which we're viewing life. And depending on the condition of your lens, if it's, if it's, uh, imagine glass if it's been a rain outside it can be kind of you know slushy and with the dirt and stuff on it some lenses can be cracked depending on the condition of the lens that we're looking through for our life that's going to tell you whether or not what you see when you look through that lens is actually reality or is it just your version of reality based on the condition of the lens that you're looking through that's always something that we have to take um, or that we should take into account So at the end of the day, I don't think that there really is a cost associated with things that we do. Now, that does not mean that we don't make, you know, the best decisions at times and there are not some inconveniences associated with that. Um, I do believe that if we knowingly take the wrong route with things, and I say knowingly because how many times have us, I know I've had several times throughout my life where I will feel in my chest, something will say, and that something is, is yeah, say, girl, mm-mm, don't do it. Like Mario on Versus, don't do it. <laughs> but I don't listen, and I do it. And there's a penalty associated with that. Still, a penalty associated with something I think is different than a cost. I think that feeling as though certain decisions will cost us something is subjective. I think many, most, if not all, of any cost or losses that we endure in this life, they're all meant to serve a greater good. It's up to us to decide whether or not we're going to explore what we experienced that was unfavorable as a lesson, or are we going to sulk and become victims and hardened and still want to go about our way? I don't know. We'll shelve that for another conversation. But uh, that is it for content today. If you haven't already, do me a favor. Log on to thegrinddefined.com. Click on feeds so you can follow me. But fret not, The Grind Defined is on every major platform that there is. So you can just search The Grind Defined Podcast. You can follow me there. Even if you follow, make sure you click that notification bell so you can be updated when I upload. Because like I said, there'll be things coming up a couple times a week. And I'll sprinkle some stuff in between there. Uh, shout out to Richenda Pickens, who is the visionary behind the book that I mentioned earlier in this episode, The Life I Love, the national bestseller that I had the privilege of uh, co-authoring on. My chapter is entitled, Bear Your Bones. Definitely going to want to check that out, as well as my, so- my solo project, excuse me, The Ultimate Release, which is A Labor of Love. That's my baby. Oh, that's my boo. <laughs> that book is all about some of the um, similarities that we share when it comes to navigating human emotion. It's, uh, it's, it's, I'm very proud of the book. It's something that uh, the feedback on has always been amazing. And it's definitely something where if you're looking for a space of um, true north, trying to figure out how to get there for yourself, that's a great space to start with this. Now, I didn't say earlier in the show, but I will now, if you're interested in learning about this blueprint for your manuscript to be able to get a curated map, if you will, from start to finish. If you want to know all of the details about 
Terrell, and you're talking about a matte blueprint. Girl, what does that look like? Hey, it's easy to do. <laughs> Go on to thegrinddefined.com, click on join the list because there'll be some information coming out, of, coming out about that within the next couple weeks. If you want to have a conversation with me and learn more, nah, because you ain't got time for that. You ain't trying to be waiting a couple weeks. You got something you're trying to get going right now and you want to get more details, specified information for you. You can do that as well. You can do that by connecting with me, again, thegrinddefined.com. Uh, other than enjoying the list, you'll see a space there where you can connect with me and um, you can schedule something complimentary so we can talk about that process for you. My passion is ensuring that you get your story out there to the world. Listen, God don't have time to play with us. We are the light out here in this world. And we're salt, giving this, this earth some flavor. You are doing a disservice to yourself and your creator. You're one of one by not getting your story out there to the world. So listen, it's not too late to make it happen. Have your book published and ready for the new year. Um, but the way things are now, it's possible to still have it done this year. But hey, learn more about it. Anyway, in the meantime, in between time, go about your week knowing that because you're one of one, you don't see anything around that looks like what you do and who you are, then you're looking at the world exactly the way Yah wants you to. No matter what, always define your grind and never let the grind define you. Until next time, Tara Michelle here. Peace and abundant blessings. Thank you.